so we're going to introduce to the stage uh, Stephen Constantine. Um, as I say, he doesn't really need an introduction, but it's probably polite to give him a small introduction. Um, Stephen has coached more national teams than any other English coach. Um, he's coached in Sudan, he's coached in Malawi, he's coached in India twice. Um, and we are going to bring him up to talk about some stories from his career and also his fantastic new book, uh, From Delhi to the Den, which you can buy around the corner there. Um, so without further ado, Stephen. I think that one works. Does that work? Is the other, does that one... Does this work? Yeah. It does, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm not going to swallow it. <laughs> Good evening. Yeah, well, the, the idea is that we have to be as uncomfortable as possible. So we have to go incredibly close to the microphone and we have to have the light directly in our eyes. Okay. So, um, so I mean, Stephen, um, some people will probably know a lot about your career. Other people might know a little bit about your career. Um, so if we sort of presume people don't know much about your career and um, start with the obvious question, which is, uh, where have you coached? Um, where haven't I coached? Okay, so where okay, haven't so you coached? Le le okay, let's go the simple <laughs> way. Um, I've coached, uh, uh, as um, the, the introduction was, six national teams. I count six national teams, but actually they put it as five because I've done India twice. Um, besides India, Malawi, Sudan, Nepal, and again India, um, Rwanda. Uh, clubs in Cyprus, in Greece, in England, um, and I have been a FIFA instructor for 18 years, which means that I get sent all over the world to coach coaches or to coach instructors and how to coach players. So they pay me to go and teach people how to play football, and it doesn't get any better than that. Um, so living the dream, I would say, absolutely. Um, I never want it to end. Um, and we've had some uh, adventures along the way. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty conventional career path here. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you, uh, for the benefit of everyone, where did you start out? What was your first job in coaching? Um, CW Post University in Long Island. Okay. okay um, I had snapped my ligament when I was 28, and there was only one thing I wanted to do after that, which was to coach. Um, I, I, I took all my badges in the United States. Um, um, there was a guy that I used to kick around the field. Uh, who got the job as the head coach at CW Post, so he, he brought me to him, and that was my first, um, as, a, as a coach, shall I say. I mean, I, I, I coached kids when I was um, playing for Pennsylvania Stoners in the U.S., where we were forced to go and coach these uh, kids. Um, uh, I couldn't be asked, but it was in the contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can use that language, right? Um, and uh, they, uh, they, they forced me to... to, to teach these kids how to play football. Well, I didn't know how to play myself at 19, so um, it was pass the ball and stuff like that. But after a few weeks going, I thought, this is really good. I can make him do what I want to do with the ball. <laughs> and um, that, that must have lodged in the back of my head because when I snapped my ligament, I thought, it's time. Um, I was 28 years old. Um, it took me uh, four operations and uh, almost a year on crutches before I actually uh, was done with the, the, the career. But um, uh, CW Post, I guess, was the place I started um, at that time in the US. Uh, this was in the 80s. Um, football was dying a painful death, and there was nowhere for me to go after CW Post. So I ended up uh, um, going back to England. I, I'd done all my badges in England. Uh, the 
the prelim, the intermediate, the ad uh, advanced license, and then they changed that into a Euro uh, license, so we had to do a conversion. And then I've done my pro license in 2003, and okay, you get the picture. <laughs> From there, it sort of gets yeah, yeah, slightly yeah. sort of more understandable. But it's the, um, I suppose, looking at the career path and, and using the trusty source that is Wikipedia, it's the bit where it goes, teams managed. They, they, they're, and they're not quite accurate. It's not there, quite right. No, it's but not. <laughs> you know, you have, you have Millwall first team coach in there, so your eye just drops down to there. Oh. But, but ahead of that, you have Nepal. Uh, as, as listed on Wikipedia as your first coaching job. Now, I'm not going to necessarily go into the ins and outs of, of whether that's correct. Well, uh, my, my, my first actual job where I was the boss was a fourth division team in Cyprus. Okay, uh, I, was, I was coaching in Cyprus um, from 92 to 99. Um, and I was coaching this fourth division side that played, trained Tuesday, Thursday nights on a ground pitch with four other teams in the, in the pitch. So it was quite challenging trying to play 11 versus 11 <laughs> in a 40 by 40 uh, uh, space. Um, but um, one, one, uh, I was coaching in the morning at a school, and in the afternoon I would go and coach in with this team uh, two or three times a week. Um, and it's funny because uh, they were bottom of the fourth division. Uh, five teams were being relegated that season because they wanted to clean it up. Uh, and we had absolutely no chance. So uh, the players were older than me. I was 20, 28, 29. Um, some of them had played international football for Cyprus. Some of them played for the top team. So it was, uh, you know, I want you to do this. And they're saying, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, that's not the first or the last time that I heard that. Um, <laughs> but we, I got them playing in such a way that uh, we, we, we went on a five-game unbeaten run. And, you know, safety was about eight points away. And um, the president, uh, who I got the job because his son liked the way I coached him at the school. Okay. That's how I got that job. Uh, and uh, he, he invited me for dinner. And he said, oh, Steve, he says, you're doing a really good job. He said, um, but I have a little bit of a problem. I said, what's that? He said, I want the team to fucking go down. <laughs> <laughs> I said to me, why are you telling me that? He says, look, I gave you the job because I don't think we had any chance in hell to save this team. <laughs> he said, I'm sick and tired of uh, paying money to these uh, uh, players who can't run anymore and uh, they're calling me in the middle of the night, they want money, they want this, they that. He says, I want the team to go down. He says, but now you've given me a problem. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. So, okay. So here's, here's a little picture of my first game. Um, we are winning 2-1. There is about three minutes left and the goalkeeper, their goalkeeper, uh, punts it out. One of their players heads it to their striker, who is on the other side of the pitch. And in most countries, it's offside. Not in Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> so the guys run on to score the goal. He's equalized. It's 2-2. Our boys have run to the, to the linesman. One of them has gobbed on the linesman, so he gets a red card. The other one's hit the linesman, so he's got a red card. <laughs> the game finishes, and I'm walking across the pitch, and I'm in a shirt and tie because I'm English, <laughs> yeah, in Cyprus, and it's like, you know, the, the, the temperature. So I'm walking across the, the, this dirt field, um, and the, the match commissioner was there, and he said, uh, unlucky, Steve, uh, you nearly pulled it off. I said, what do you mean unlucky? That was a mile offside. He says, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. <laughs> He's, he said, but tell, tell your president to go and pay 
the fees for the referees association. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, every year they have to pay a fee to the referees association. It's like a philanthropic gift. <laughs> I said, how much is it? He said, 50, 50, 50 pounds, 50 Cyprus pounds. He said, uh, but that's two years. So I said, so that's 100 pounds? He said, yeah. And I said, so where do you go and pay? He says, you go to the motor vehicle where the guy works <laughs> who fills out the uh, registrations, and he'll sort you out. <laughs> so I went there the next day, and I paid him 100 quid. By the way, we went nine games unbeaten, <laughs> uh, and we were saved. <laughs> now, I, I'm not saying it's anything to do with the referees, but um, <laughs> that's where the job started. So that was, that was my first real job. I'm just trying to work out if there'll be some kind of investigation after this. <laughs> uh, is any of this libelous? Or, uh, that's a, but, but, I mean, that was where... That doesn't exactly explain how you became the Nepal coach. Ah, you yeah. see, it was a, I, I felt like it was coming. I was waiting for the referee to say, well, you're now the Nepal coach. But that didn't <laughs> necessarily... No, see, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's... If that's a boring one, just, just say don't, don't. No, no, okay, so the Nepal job. Um, I'm working now in Cyprus for seven years. Um, and I get a, a letter from the, from the FA, the English FA. Mm. Uh, and it says that there, there was a program where they were trying to develop football in Asia and what they were doing, the AFC, the Asian Football Confederation, uh, UEFA for you guys. Um, they were doing this program where they were going to... Uh, help these underdeveloped countries, so-called underdeveloped countries, and uh, they would pay the coach uh, uh, a mighty sum of $3,000, and the local association would look after the hotel uh, or the local costs. So I got the list, and I looked, the Philippines looked quite nice, Maldives, um, and all the nice places, and I threw Nepal in there, and um, I actually got offered the job in Mongolia first, um, <laughs> The job yeah, everyone yeah. wants. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't get me started on Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely people. Um, uh, I got offered Cambodia. Now, at this time, I had gone back to the US to do my A license. I have to tell you this because uh, the, the, there's a reason. So my wife and our first daughter, Paula, they were in England. Uh, and I went to the States to do the A license. And okay, So I get a call in the middle of the night. Uh, um, saying that um, there's a job for you, it's in Cambodia. Okay, Cambodia, nice, green. So <laughs> I call Lucy, my poor wife of 23 years, I call Lucy up, I said, babe, I said, we've got a job. She's in England, I'm in the States, and she's thinking California, Florida, New York. <laughs> she goes, oh, brilliant, babe, where? I went, Phnom Penh. <laughs> Phnom Penh, she's gone, it's gone a bit quiet. She says, <laughs> Isn't that where the killing fields were? Khmer Rouge, Pol Pot? Yeah, yeah, but it's lovely and green, and they, they, they want me to be the national coach. Great opportunity, babe. She's crying, as, as, as she does sometimes. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, the job fell through, much to her delight. <laughs> but a few days later, uh, um, I'm staying at a friend's house in New York, uh, and he's come in the room, and he goes, there's some bastard on the phone. It's 3.30 in the morning. Does he know? I said, I don't, who, I don't know who he is. He puts on the phone. He says, my name is Ganesh Tapa. Uh, yeah. He said, uh, you are Stefan? 
Stephen usually, but I can be Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, I am the president of the All Nepal Football Association, and we want you to be our coach for three months. I said, I ain't coming for three months. But I'm coming, but not for three months. He said, okay, okay. He says, uh, when can you come? And I said, it's four o'clock in the morning. Uh, uh, I have a flight back to the UK. I need to go back to the UK. Anyway, the short story is I went to Nepal. But at this stage, you've already sort of tested the ground with your wife, so Nepal is fine? Yeah, no, not really. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move on from that then. <laughs> Perhaps I won't press on that one. Um, yeah. But I won't, I won't sort of cam- continue through every job you've taken because uh, it'll probably take a few weeks. But the ones that jump out, I think one of the ones that really struck me was the Sudan national job. Now, oh that, yeah. that's got to be a tough one to take on. Uh, yeah, it was at um, a really bad time in Nepal, actually. There were lots of uh, atrocities being committed uh, in Darfur, as we know, and uh, in, in other places. And look, I, I, I think people ask you, oh, would you go here, would you go there? For football, I would go anywhere. Uh, I, I'm not into uh, politics or religion. And um, I believe uh, that football can heal a lot of, lot of things. Um, and honestly, I never think about what could possibly happen to me? Um, perhaps I should, but um, I, I, I think when you love the game as much as I do, it, it, it doesn't really matter. But um, Sudan was difficult, but um, I had been there once before on a FIFA course, so they knew me. Um, and when uh, Dr. Kamal Shadat said, Coach, we want you to come, I went. It was a, a, a thing. But uh, I must tell you, there is one story in Sudan. Is um, They have uh, Hilal and... Merich, Man United, Man City. Uh, and, and when they play, it's, 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 it's really bad. Um, so one of, the, uh, one of the things that most of the national coaches did in Sudan, they would pick 10 players from Hilal and 10 from Merich. That's your national team squad. And everybody's happy. The other clubs, they have no say, they have no power, so it doesn't matter. Um, me being a stubborn person that I am, English, I'm going to go to all the corners of Sudan and I'm going to find the players that I want to find. So one day I, d- I get my driver. Uh, let's go to uh, Hasa Hesa, which is about four and a half hours south of Sudan. And we're driving along. It's about 90,000 90, degrees. Um, and uh, the phone rings and uh, it, it's the boss. And he used to call me Stevenson. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I, I have no idea. He said, Stevenson, where are you? I said, uh, Dr. Shadad, I said, I have absolutely no idea. But I can tell you there's sand on either side. There's sand in front of me and there's sand behind me. And <laughs> there's a little road in the middle of the sand. He said, where are you going? I said, Hasa Hesa. Give me the driver. I, he gives him the driver. And, and he's screaming at the driver. And, and the driver's like sweating. Not necessarily from the heat, by the way. And uh, he says, Stevenson, I told the driver, immediately turn back. You are not safe. I said, what are you talking about? I'm half an hour away from the ground. I've driven the three and a half, four hours. I'm going to the game. He goes, no, no, there's bandits. You could be kidnapped. You're in all sorts of danger down there. You can't go. You can't go. I said, well, I'm going. So I put the phone down. And About 10 minutes later, we see two trucks, uh, these uh, pickup trucks, and there's soldiers in the back, and they've all got guns and what have you. And I thought they were going to... Well, I didn't know what, what to think, but they turned around. That they, they came around behind us, and they drove us to the ground. Um, it is around 50 degrees, 45 degrees at this point. I had no hat, and as you can see, I have no hair. 
Um, so I'm thinking they're going to put me in the shade, in, in, in the VIP stand, if you could call it a VIP stand. Uh, and they did. But everybody was standing up in front of me, so I couldn't see a bloody thing. So I said, look, the, uh, I can't stay here. They took me down. Where did they put me? Next to the fourth official on the pitch. So I, I lasted about 15 minutes in that, in that. But I found a left back, and he was very good. <laughs> and, and, and he played for the national team. So, um, and, and then obviously uh, things got a little bad in Sudan, so I, I pretty much had to leave. I, I lasted a year, I think. Was um, um, so you weren't actually kidnapped at any point? No, no. No, but it was sort of a possibility in your, just in yeah. your daily work. Yeah, wow. yeah look, we, we had um, uh, another Sudan story. Um, one of the traditions was to allow the fans to come to watch training. And I thought, okay, how bad could it be? A couple of hundred fans? There was 15,000 <laughs> that came to watch us train. <laughs> and, and, and we had, uh, as I said, two stadiums. One was there, that this was Kilal, and the other one was at the other end of the road, so you could see them, was Merikh. And we would go to Hilal, and all the fans from Hilal would go there, and they would curse the Merikh players like you wouldn't believe. Their mothers, their sisters, they heard everything. So then we would go to the other stadium, and they would get it. <laughs> so being the smart-ass that I am, I said, okay, stop, stop. Close the ground, no fans. And that wasn't a very good idea, although I thought it was at the time. Um, what they did was... Um, we, when we went to the next training, they started throwing rocks like this big. They smashed the window, the team bus window. We were in serious danger because we didn't let them in. Um, then I made another mistake. I went to watch a game, uh, and I'm sitting in the stand, and I can see some people getting quite close. And okay, there was a little bit of security there, but you know they they part like the Red Sea when they when there's trouble, uh, and uh, they th they kept coming, coming, coming to one to one point where the guy was standing right in front of him and he said, uh, Coach, you make a big mistake. Tell me what it is. Why you don't let the fans come in to watch the training? I said, because you are cursing the mothers and the sisters of the Hilal players. But they are dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then when we go to their stadium, they're saying shit about your players. We don't care. I said, look, if you promise me that you won't curse them, I'll open the gates. La means no in Arabic. So they go, la, la, la. So that was it. Um, I didn't open the gates. But okay. Is it something you've considered implementing at other, uh, other coaches, uh, other teams you've coached, that you could sort of let people insult your player sort of, you know, face-to-face? -face? It, might, it might be quite well, a good technique. You know, the, the I tell you, the, 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 the for, for the few days that we did, there was uh, a realistic atmosphere to training because they were going mental when the cross was put behind the bar or when somebody scored or it, it was like playing in a game. <laughs> but, but you couldn't hear yourself think, uh, and that's in training, so I, don't, I can't have that. Um, so I think you know, people are probably getting the idea that you're pretty intrepid, you're not easily sort of phased by things. So, um, Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes us and we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's for you, mate. I think there, there's... An incident at Millwall that uh, you uh, mentioned in the yeah, book. I don't know. Are you allowed to mention that? There's quite a few things I cannot mention, but I, I, I will talk about um, one of the um, most enlightening moments for me as a coach. <laughs> yeah, you can keep laughing, mate. <laughs> Wait till you hear this. 
So um, we were playing, uh, this is 2005, 2006, and we were in the, uh, the midst of our uh, brilliantly uh, um, thought out Christmas fixture list where we would play on the uh, 23rd, 26th, 28th, and 2nd, I believe were the dates. Uh, Watford, um, Brighton away, no, sorry, Leicester City away, um, Watford at home, uh, Brighton away, and, and the last game was um, Derby County at home. Okay, so um, we had already lost one chairman, um, no, two by that time. Um, we were on our second manager. I was first team coach. Um, I, I won't get into why I was not the manager when uh, <laughs> the guy I'm going to tell you, Dave Tuttle, was then appointed uh, former player. He was the assistant manager, and they made him the head coach. So Tuts, as he's fondly known, is the most disorganized person that you could wish to meet and one of the nicest guys that you could ever meet. And uh, he, he was appointed manager after Colin Lee was sacked. And this was right before the Christmas period. So we've gone up to Leicester. We drew 0-0. Um, we beat Watford 2-0. Um, we beat Brighton 2-1 away. And um, the idea was that after four, four games in about eight or nine days, that we were going to go to Bovey Castle somewhere in Exeter right, uh, to relax, uh, and I use the word relax very loosely, <laughs> the new chairman now, chairman number three, um, decided that he was going to bring in the military to give us some army assault course training when we got to Bobby Castle, okay, after our fourth game in eight days. So Dave Tuttle, who had no license, no qualification, and is the manager now of Millwall FC, and me, with a pro license, I'm still the first team coach. I still couldn't figure that out. But anyway, um, right before we go out for Derby County, he calls all the players in, and he's going to give his team talk, and he had a flip chart. And I'm thinking, he can't even write. Why does he have a flip chart? Then? <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Maybe he can draw a picture. So he said, right, lads, we've done fucking brilliant over this Christmas period. I'm really proud, really pleased, and we, need just, we just need to finish this game off with Derby. We're not going down there to do the army of course off. We're going to get fucking rat-assed. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're all clear now, the boys. This is, this is the God's honest truth, right before the game against Derby County. And I'm sitting in the corner, as I would, um, out the way, and he's going right. This is what I want. And he's pulled over the flip chart and he goes, when we get on this bus after the game, this is what we want. He's turned over the sheet. Six crates of Stella Artois, <laughs> six crates of Budweiser, a cognac, and a Coke for the James Hunt who's sitting in the corner. That was me. Um, the players are on the floor and he walks out and as he walks past me, you don't get that on your fucking pro license, do you, son? And no, Dave, you don't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there, 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 there were plenty of other Millwall stories, but <laughs> that, that, that was absolutely spot on. You don't get that on the pro license. <laughs> uh, we beat them 1-0. <laughs> I, 
Oh, and by the, by the time we hit the M25, everybody except me was rat-assed. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, well, probably to raise the tone, I guess, but um, <laughs> I, I probably you can't really talk to you at the moment without mentioning how you're doing with India at the at present. It's, uh, I think it's 13 unbeaten, yeah. up into the top 100 in FIFA, um, and basically doing something that a lot of people thought was impossible with India and, and turning it into the kind of force that that um, that it should be as a, as a footballing country. But I can only really imagine you've had to fight a fair few challenges in that in that process. Yeah, um, I don't think we have enough time, and there's not enough pages either in the book. But um, look, it's been um, is very tough. I, ha I look, I had the advantage going into in to India that I've been there before, so I know how they think. I, I, I know what they need, and I'm telling you that when the Indians decide in their head that they're going to do something, nothing will stop them. Um, I'm not sure if they've decided yet, but I've made them decide at the moment that we're going to the Asian Cup, which is the equivalent to the Euros uh, in January uh, 2019. Although my contract <laughs> ends next month, um, I, I've been told today that they are renewing it, except they haven't told me. Yeah, I was just telling, <laughs> I was telling Stephen, I found out on Twitter earlier, so I'm a bit disappointed yeah. they haven't told him, but um, <laughs> I said I'll let him know when the salary gets mentioned. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, we, we, we have done quite well. I mean, uh, I don't want to sit here and tell you all the good things that we've done, but um, the Indian team is in a much better position than we were, and um, the boys have worked hard for me, and okay, they have no choice, by the way, but um, <laughs> it's, um, it, it's been great. Um, it's been great. So I guess maybe just one final question, final, final question. Um, you said you'd, you'd take a job anywhere. Is that, is that true? You'd go literally anywhere in the world if the, if the project was right for you. Absolutely. <laughs> so who knows? I, if I, that I don't <laughs> know about my wife, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll wait for <laughs> the um, contract extension then. <laughs> See how that goes. But um, we were going to say if anyone uh, on sort of anyone around has any questions, we were going to take questions. I don't know how workable that'll be for the visibility and the mic situation, but if anyone does want to chuck a hand up and ask anything... Um, then we will answer it, but if not, we won't take it personally because I have asked quite a few. I think all of the jobs have been difficult in different ways. I mean, Sudan, for the, for the obvious reason, uh, Malawi uh, was pretty bad. Uh, average age of death there is about 45. Um, I think the poverty and, uh, and the things that, that, that you see in these places, you just have absolutely no idea uh, unless you've seen it. But, but it's what I say. Um, winning a football game to them means more, more, more than you can imagine. I mean, uh, we qualified for the African Cup of Nations with, uh, with Rwanda. And uh, I was tossed around the stadium like a rag doll. Uh, they, they had a national holiday the following day. Um, uh, that's that's how much football means to people. So, um, if you if you get by the the, the politics and the religion, uh, and, and which I do, I just focus on football. I've uh, fasted with the with the boys in Sudan. I, I I've, um, I've I've done everything possible in every country to to uh, touch on what um, was said earlier. Um, you are the guest. I am the foreigner, and I'm the one who has to change to adapt to them, not the other way around. It doesn't matter where you come from. Um, 
they're not going to play like the English uh, play in Rwanda or Malawi or the Spanish. So you've got to take out uh, the good things that they have um, and try and combine that with the good things that you have, which you're only there for football, you're not there for any other reason, uh, and try and make that work. Um, so uh, I think every single job I've had has been uh, um, uh, difficult. Most places, no budget, no facilities. Uh, we didn't have... Um, we didn't have money to buy um, ice baths in Sudan, so I, I, I got six bins, you know, those commercial bins. Um, and it took me 10 days to get the Sudanese players to get in the water. And that was without the ice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I, I have a video of that. Um, and and I, I can tell you the day that we actually put the ice, well, the first four or five days, it was just water. Then it was a little cold water. And then there was little cubes. Hey, coach, what is this? <laughs> it's called ice, Ahmed. Uh, ah, okay. So he gets in. Cold? No, 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 it's not cold. One ice. And then finally, I got it to the point where we had uh, uh, proper blocks of ice in there. And obviously, I had to get in first. And um, you're never going to see this video. But <laughs> um, trust me, it was cold. Um, <laughs> But but the, the the thing is is uh, a week later we had some problem with the ice because it gets quite hot in Sudan and keeping the ice ice is is, is difficult uh, and we couldn't get some and the boys were complaining that you know we didn't have any ice so I don't know if that answers your question but um, uh, yeah they're, they're they're all difficult in different ways I mean we've had problems in India the average age of the team was 31 32 when I arrived we lost the first six games I should have been fired. I wasn't, uh, and now we're in the Asian Cup, and uh, this will, if I, <laughs> if they extend it, if it's true, um, uh, <laughs> uh, this will be my fourth year in India, or seven if you combine it. So, um, yeah, um. it's pretty, that's a pretty good answer, I think. Um, I don't know if I am taking something new. I, I take something from them. Um, I, I think it's, like I said before, it's about you uh, going to the level of your players, uh, trying to fit in with the culture. Um, and, and, you know, I, as I said on uh, Coach's Voice, Sarah Shepard, you're out there somewhere. Um, you can change habits, but you can't change a culture. So... Um, I have to try and get into their culture and understand it and, and live it. I always stay in the same hotel with the players. I travel on the same bus with the players. A lot of foreign coaches, they go there. They, they won't stay in the same hotel. They won't eat the same food. Um, I do everything they do and I eat everything that they eat. Um, and I think it's very important that um, when players see you uh, accept and embrace their culture, um, it, it, it makes a difference to them. Uh, I, I wore Nepali national dress in, in a game. I, even their own coaches never did that. I did that to show them that um, in this particular game, it was the semi-final of the South Asian Championships, that um, uh, today we are all Nepalis, and if we lose, we lose together. But we actually won. So, again, I don't know if that... Does that answer your question? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you asked me what what, what I change. Uh, I, I I I don't I don't think that. Um, my coaching. Well, you you try and coach uh, people who can't speak a word of English. 
um, you try and uh, deal with some of the problems you have. My coaching, uh, uh, I find ways to get my points across. Uh, I find ways to deliver the message. Um, uh, sometimes uh, it, it takes longer to get the message across, obviously, for the, for the obvious reason, but um, I, I'm always trying to improve myself. Um, I'm doing all my courses and uh, um, stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, as a coach, you get more experience. You, you, you personally, you become better because you're put in, in, in situations where it's, it's very difficult. I mean, um, uh, thinking what, what happens in a game when there's 90,000 people in the stadium and you can't hear yourself think. We, we played a friendly against Cambodia. We had 70,000. Uh, are you going to say to me, well, how does that help? Well, working under pressure I, um, really focuses the mind, um, especially when you need results. So I think I have answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank you for the question. <laughs> In a heartbeat. <laughs> Move over, Gareth. This is how they approach people now. They just yeah, yell yeah. it in the bar. <laughs> if you're from the FA, I'm ready. Uh, well, that's great. That, that, that's opening a can of worms. And I'm not going to open that here. Learn from the players? No, really. Um, if, if you're just starting out... Um, all these uh, ridiculous exercises that you see on the internet now where there's loads of crosses, loads of it, keep it simple. Uh, keep it simple. Uh, you have to understand uh, the, there's, a, there's a start, there's a middle, and there's an end in a session. But the main problem with a lot of the coaches today is that they are copying other sessions. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another story. Do we have time? Yeah. Everyone's still here. Train leaves at midnight from... Uh, down front. So uh, I was, uh, while I was in Cyprus, um, uh, I was coaching uh, Apollon Reserves. Okay, so Apollon is quite a big team in Cyprus and they would be in the UEFA Cup uh, um, most years. And so any team that came to Cyprus from any country in Europe, I would run off to watch them train. I would watch the coach. I'd take everything down and, you know, it, it was, um, I, I still have those files. Um, and one of these teams was Inter Milan with Bergkamp and Sosa, uh, who actually won uh, uh, the UEFA Cup that, that year. So I've gone to watch them um, an hour before the, the game actually starts, and they did a warm-up, and it was exactly 30 minutes. And I'm thinking, that's quality. I'm going to do that on Saturday with my team. And now in Cyprus, uh, we would play the reserve game, would be right before the senior team. So you'd get crowds coming towards the end of the game. And uh, I did the Inter Milan warm-up. And after 20 minutes, we're losing 2-0. I'm thinking, shit, it's not working. We lost 4-0. And the next, next day, um, we, we, we had them in training the next morning, recovery. And um, I, uh, I'm, I'm watching the session, and one of the first team players who was playing for me uh, in, in that particular game, he says, uh, hey, coach, he said... Uh, you went to the Inter Milan game? I said, yeah, yeah, quality. The, the actual result was 3-3 in that game. Um, and uh, he said, uh, did you watch the Milan warm-up? I said, yeah, wasn't it good? He said, yeah, but that's what you gave us, wasn't it? I said, yeah. 
He goes, we were absolutely shattered after 20 minutes. <laughs> you killed us. Uh, and what, what did I learn? I learned that what is good for Inter Milan is not good for the Apollon reserve team. <laughs> so you can go and watch uh, Jose or Arsene Wenger, and you can watch his session, and you can understand his session. Uh, unless you speak to Wenger or, or, or Jose and ask him why he did the session, what was the purpose of the session, what was the objective of the session, then don't go and do it on your Sunday league team or whatever team you coach because you don't have the quality that they have or you don't know exactly why they did what they did. So that was a big lesson for me. You mean after me? <laughs> okay. Um, the reason there's a lot of French managers is because 26 of the 52 nations are French-speaking. So it's, it's, it's straight away that they're going to go French. I, I would probably say Claude Lewis. Um, he's, he's managed, I think, uh, eight or nine national teams. He's an absolute African legend. And um, he's a really, really bad dresser. Uh, um, I, I remember we played against him in Congo, and uh, I'd come out to um, I'd come out to the side of the pitch, and I said, uh, "Hello, Mr. Loire," and he said, "And who are you?" I says, "Well, I'm the I'm the coach for Rwanda." Ah, okay, okay. Anyway, um, he uh, we lost that game two 0 but we beat them uh, in Rwanda. So, no, I I, I think Claude Loire is. Um, no, I, I think he is a legend in Africa. The best player I've coached? Well, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I've had quite a few. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to put any names on it. It wasn't messy, though. Uh, well, obviously, that's going to be in Africa. Um, uh, look, there was... Uh, they have a lot of uh, juju in Africa. You, you heard of this, okay? Um, where they cut chicken's head off and they bury it in the 18-yard box and the goalkeeper gets all, like, uh, scary. But um, we were... <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't understand why. Um, I, I won't name the country, but... Um, uh, Two o'clock in the morning, they were um, doing like the, the toga around the uh, fountain that was in front of the hotel and uh, in the water. And this was like two o'clock in the morning, all of them, the, ho the whole squad. And by the way, they were European internationals doing it. Um, we, th we, nothing to do with me, we threw water in front of uh, the dressing rooms when we were playing Morocco. Like, I mean, like... They made a puddle in front of the dressing room so that in order to go into the dressing room, you'd have to put your foot in the water. And the Moroccans weren't having it. So they wouldn't go in the dressing room for about half an hour until they cleared the water. I mean, this is, this, um, yeah, don't go there. We've got 92 clubs in the football league. Um, well, look, there was a point um, where I would apply on a very regular basis. Uh, I, I would say that 
two-thirds of the clubs in England have had a, an application uh, from me at some point or other. Um, I haven't applied in the last five or six years. Um, I don't think. I, I was... I had a opportunity at Port Vale last year, but um, I didn't think it was the right move for me, uh, so I didn't take it. Uh, uh, look, I'm not um, uh, bitter or twisted about England. I, if, if the opportunity came to manage in England, would I take it now? It would depend on who it was. Uh, before, I would have snapped your hand off. Um, I, I, I don't need to prove myself in England. Um, I, I don't feel I have to prove myself in England. But I would love to come back home and coach sometime. Look, I think uh, um, it's better the devil you know. Uh, I think in England, uh, a, a lot of clubs have uh, uh, former players, obviously, who are here, who know the scene. Uh, um, they're either putting themselves in or, or, or their mates. And you know, I don't have a problem with that. Um, my problem is, is when you hire a guy who's failed at three or four or five different clubs, uh, and how can I be more of a risk than them. Well, I think it is. I don't think you ever stop learning. Um, and, and what I said to somebody, <coughs> what do you do when you're starting out as a coach? You know, y you learn off the players. You make your mistakes off the players. And the younger the players are, the less likely you're going to get something back at you. Um, Try things with players, uh, but but above all, it, it has to be fun. I mean, um, we know that getting uh, um, thirty grand a week, three hundred grand a week, some of them, um, but you still gotta you still gotta make it enjoyable for them, and um, I, I, I think that's an art as well. Um, although I think some of them are getting too much. Any more? I was going to say, if anyone wants to ask any questions to uh, any of our other speakers. Um, Please do also feel free to do that. Um, but again, you don't have to do that. It would just, <laughs> you know, I can just sort of stand here awkwardly yeah, and you can. Yeah, so, yeah. If you just, yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, Eli, are you still here? Do you fancy coming up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.